Welcome, welcome, welcome to the PNR podcast. It is I, your favorite speech disfluent podcaster, Michael B. Proud. Today is episode 14, and it's entitled, It's Still Real to Me, Damn It. And uh, if you're familiar <laughs> with uh, what that is in reference to, I wish I had the sound clip. But I didn't want to get into the the legality and all that other bullshit that always goes with trying to attempt something like that. So that's just um that's one of the oldest wrestling memes and that's what uh today's episode is gonna be about. We're gonna talk uh pro wrestling and uh like I said, episode fourteen. It's still real to me, damn it. Now let's get to the the social media portion of things before we get into the the episode. Uh by the way I don't know if uh, the mic's picking this up or not, but it's probably the windiest day in uh, New England thus far. Like, I can really hear the wind whipping around out there. And, I mean, we've had some snowstorms, and the the wind didn't even sound this bad. So, it's pretty fucking wild out there. Um, That's just one of those, I don't have a studio. I I mention it every week because I'm hoping that somebody will fucking buy me one because I'm out of my mind thinking that just some rich man or woman is going to be like, yeah, here's a ton of money. Go go hook it up so you can keep on making good stuff. Oh, gee, thank you. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I need to get a ton of listeners, and then I can buy my own studio. That's more likely what's going to happen. Uh, but that even that's going to take a while uh, for that to occur. But anyways, yeah, I don't know if the mic's picking it up. This is definitely like the windiest uh, day, though of uh 2021 so far it must be because it's really whipping around out there so um hopefully it's not picking it up but uh i don't know we'll tell when i i play it back either way this episode has to go out like this because i gotta get content out to you guys so it seems like i got a steady audience of about 20 because <laughs> anchor uh anchor's great uh don't get me wrong i mean they they sponsored my ad and this is the platform I use, and I'm not really looking to go anywhere else with it unless some sort of podcasting network picks me up. But the way they were doing uh, analysis at first was uh, way off, and now I'm just hoping that they got it right because I, I got like 300 listens on like one of my first episodes, and I was like blown away by that. And then they said, well, we fixed the, the analysis problem, so this is more likely what you're going to get. So, it seems like my steady audience is about 20. So, I just need about 30,000 more. <laughs> yeah. I want to get to the episode. So, I, j- I did want to at least mention that, though. I hope uh, the mic isn't picking up the wind. And uh, hopefully, this recording goes well. Now, uh, back to the social media portion of things. Because I got I hope uh, a healthy discussion gets fostered uh, via these channels on facebook you can find me at polrel pcast p-o-l-r-e-l second name p-c-a-s-t and then on twitter at, at the pnr podcast and on patreon the space p space ampersand space r space podcast so that's the the three I'm really focused on. And uh yeah, I got like an Instagram, but I haven't really fucked with it yet cuz again, YouTube is not something I haven't fucked with really yet. The slideshows, it's just I don't 
when I have spare time, I spend it with my my wife and my kids. So it's like I have no time to work on these videos or whatever. It'd be much easier if I had a studio and I'm just recording myself talking because then, you know, that's what I would use unless I really had a funny image in my head that I'd want to slide in there real quick. But uh, that that's just uh, like Blogspot. It's another one. So yeah, I got I got many social media channels, but those are the three I focus on as I have like every week basically. Um, one more thing before... Uh, I talk wrestling with you guys is uh, I want to finish my thoughts on um, the worst guys thing I did real uh, quick. I had a, a thought at the beginning and I, I realized later I didn't finish it. So I was like, uh, you know what? Um, I already posted the episode. I'll just talk about it on my next episode. The reason why guys are the worst and, and not females so much is because guys... Don't get me wrong. Females have found themselves in in positions of power. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like you got a, uh, you got like Queen Elizabeth. You got um, God, I can't think of anybody right now. Uh, Angela Merkel. You got uh, you got William and Mary. They were co-regents, but still one one's a queen. So you had a, like you had a lot of England. Well, for example, Theresa May and uh, Iron Maggie, Margaret Thatcher. So you've had a lot of, at least in Britain, you've had a lot of women in power. And you're seeing it in other places. Like I had mentioned Angela Merkel, and I think bef- like the president of Brazil before this current guy, That's I guess he's embroiled in some serious scandal. But before him, um, I think her name was Dina Rissimoff or something like that. Uh, she was in charge. And then, like I said, you go back in history. I already mentioned like Queen Elizabeth and whatnot and uh, William and Mary. But then you got, um, you got like Catherine... Who was like the Empress of Prussia, and so I mean, here and there, Catherine of Aragon, like here and there, you, you got them. Even there was like a a couple uh, empresses in in charge in China, because China's had like uh you know, like thousands of uh of years of uh emperors, but there was a few empresses mixed in there, and a sprinkling of eunuchs, if I'm not mistaken. I think a eunuch or two was also in charge of China. At one point. So that's the thing though. You've had. So don't get me wrong. You've had a ton of women that have been in power. But it almost seems like you've never had a woman. That was. That was both in in power. And had like some sort of crazy. Corrupt. Like absolute power. And. um, I think if you just. You had more like a frequency of more female leaders. You, you might have found that. But I mean, besides some monarchs that maybe you know went a little crazy with it, you really didn't. You didn't really have that though. It's like you didn't have a guy like Hitler or Stalin or like any of those guys that you know I picked at like the five and they were in the top of my list. They were all these rulers, and you know they had absolute power and they were evil about it and they were corrupt. And you don't really have that with any of the females that you see in time and uh, you know even though i said well maybe if you have more like a, a higher frequency of that like you'll see that in the future i'm hoping that mankind becomes more civilized so that really isn't even something that we have to worry about like a woman coming to power and then just being as bad as hitler or, or mussolini or or fucking whoever you come up with for your shit list of uh 
bad motherfuckers. So, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to finish that thought. I think I think guys are the worst because they've always they've always had that opportunity to be the fucking worst. And even though some women have had that opportunity, they didn't really screw it up. But like I said, if there was a higher frequency, maybe. But I'm hoping that you know humanity is trending in a way that 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 won't be an issue. Like where we need the we need to worry about oh that female took power and now here comes the genocide or whatever. Like I just I hope like Hitler was kind of the last of his kind, and I don't think we'll we'll see that with Stalin because I think there's still a lot of either leaders that, you know, like communism because of what they can do with it or people that believe communism will work. I think because you have a lot of people that, you know, hold those ideals that you might see another Stalin. But I think as far as, like, you know, the fascism and genocide, I'm not going to... I can think of one guy right now that's kind of... Well, it's not even... uh, it's a slippery slope to talk about that guy because it's, it's not even so much genocide. It's it is human rights abuses though. But um, I just don't. Even if there's genocidal leaders out there, I don't think they're even on the same like level as uh you know Hitler's desires and what Hitler actually did accomplish. So I'm hoping that you know humanity is kind of heading in a, a better direction. So all right, uh. 10 minutes in, and I still haven't really talked about any wrestling at all, so uh, let's get into it. Okay, um, I liked wrestling, and I, 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 hate, to, I hate to use uh, the past tense, but maybe that's what we'll even start this episode in. I used to like wrestling. Um, scratch that. I used to love wrestling. Wrestling was one of those things um, I would watch pretty regularly. Like, uh, I don't know when I would really had my own TV. I mean, my parents were pretty good about letting me watch a lot of the stuff I wanted to watch. Um, but I don't know when I got my own TV and then I really started, you know, being able to pick and choose what I watched. The things I I watch the most besides wrestling are probably uh, like with sports programs. Like I, I always try to watch like a, a Red Sox game when they're playing an AL East opponent, or uh, you know, I I try to just watch some games here and there just randomly, and I also try to make a point of watching a game where maybe they're playing a team that has like an interesting player on it. Like Ken Griffey Jr. growing up was like a guy I wanted to see a lot of, even though I was a Red Sox fan. So that's kind of how, you know, my, my baseball viewing is. I pretty much watch every Patriot game I can. In fact, on Sundays and Saturdays during football season, like I'm, I'm watching a lot of college, a lot of pros. I mean, there'll be some weekends where it's like, Oh, well I watched the Patriots game and that's all I really want to watch. Because, you know, some other games that day might be complete shit. And it's like, why am I going to fucking waste my time? It's not like I got the NFL ticket and I'm guaranteed, like, you know, three good games that day. It's like, I'll definitely try to watch the Patriots and then I'll try to watch two other games. And if there's not any, it is what it is. Usually the night game on a Sunday is fucking fantastic. Like, NBC's got their shit together. Um... 
But I, I you know, I don't want to I don't want to get into it. And then you got you get Celtics um you got Bruins, uh you got Red Wings. Uh for soccer, uh I like Chelsea. I like Inner. Um I can't remember the last time I watched Benfica on TV. Portuguese national team. I like uh, some other national teams too, like Germany. I try to watch uh, the Netherlands again. I'm I'm going way off topic, but you got sports, then you got old sitcoms. So I'd like watch Three's Company, and like Full House, and uh, Perfect Strangers, Family Matters. Like anything that was on ABC and like family friendly and funny and I, I like some other like the adult stuff too like Seinfeld and Cheers and Night Court and uh, just stuff like that. But the th- like I said the third thing now because we're gonna go to back to the topic is pro wrestling. I watched I watched a ton of it back in the day. Um, but that's not to say even when I was a little kid, like I said, it probably goes as far back as maybe like nineteen eighty seven or nineteen eighty eight. Because, you know, Hulkamania was running wild with my brothers and their friends. So it's like guys like that and like the Ultimate Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter and like all these guys from like the late 80s that were just doing like they had awesome gimmicks, awesome characters, awesome moves. It's just like, uh, I don't know, it was so good in the late 80s. And I look at, I look at like, wrestling before the 80s like not so much like the late 70s because you kind of start started seeing the guys that become that became great in the late 80s started in the late 70s and in some instances the early 80s but i look at wrestling before that and i don't i don't see what's so great like i didn't they had fans back then um but i didn't really see what was so great with it like uh I can't even I can't even think of a name. <laughs> but um I think you kind of saw the beginning at least of it. Cuz like I said you had those guys that were starting out then. And then you kind of had some of the old guard that was still kind of entertaining like Bruno San Martino um that guy's a great. And I can understand like the appeal of watching him wrestle or whatever. But there was a lot of other guys like I'm like I don't know how this became such a a huge thing, because I look at the really old stuff and uh, like I said it's not it's not so great to me it might be great to other people but uh, I I don't think it's so great. But the stuff that got me interested and then carried me for about twenty years that is the stuff that I think is great and like I said I feel like that starts somewhere around eighty seven eighty eight, like you know. 93,000 in the Pontiac Silverdome. And, you know, they... Of course, Andre had been, you know, picked up before. But uh, they kind of played it off like he hadn't. And I'll tell you, I never saw the matches where Andre got picked up. I'm not going to say that never happened because a lot of people say, well, that's not the first time. But I I never saw it. (laughs) All I've ever seen is Hogan, you know, he hulked up and he slammed him and... It was impressive because no one's ever done that before, and he's a he's a heavy dude. You got to be strong to pick up Andre, even if he's working with you, even if he's like, yeah, I'm gonna jump into the move, and you know, you slam me down or whatever. You still gotta be strong as fuck to do that. Like, who who are you trying to kid? So it's like that's kind of when I was lucky, because 
I don't think I would have liked pro wrestling maybe if I was born like 15 years before that or whatever. Because uh, maybe I would have saw those guys and been like, oh, okay, these these guys are kind of interesting. We'll see where this goes. But So maybe not even 15 years, but maybe you go back 20 or 25 years, I would have been like, ah, Bruno San Martino's all right. And you guys, uh, I can't, like I said, I can't even think because I've watched a lot of old wrestling to kind of just see if I'm missing out. And it just didn't have the same flash. And I guess that's kind of the evolution of things, though. Because look at old boxing matches with, like, uh, Jim Corbett and and guys like that where it's, like, you know, really crappy films or whatever. These guys are just, they're, like, kind of shuffling around the ring and, like, swinging their arms in, like, a fucking, like, peculiar way. And it's like, I love boxing. I love I seventies, eighties, nineties. I like I love boxing. I can go back as far as like the fifties, uh, forties even. I'll watch old Joe Lewis fights, and I'll watch Rocky Marciano, and I'll I'll watch I'll watch all those guys from way back in the day, and I I love their fights. I don't feel the same way about wrestling, but then again, like if you're, you know. If I'm a boxing fan in the the 40s and 50s or whatever, and I'm looking at fights that happened in, like, 1910 or whatever, I'm just like, I don't see what the mass appeal is because these guys are just moving around the, the ring in a circle and they're swinging their arms in a weird way. And, you know, eventually they'd come in and throw a punch here or there, but they were very, like, strategic about it or whatever. It wasn't, like, what you've seen for, I don't know, the past 70, 80 years or whatever where... These guys, you know, they go into each other and they slug and then they clinch. It's broken up. They keep on throwing fists again. And then, you know, it's not like that. And that's that's at least, you know, these these guys were fighting like bare knuckle for like 100 rounds or whatever. And it's like not difficult to do that if that's the way you're fighting. And that's why you don't really see fights like go like fights are like 12 rounds now because of the way they fight. But I'd rather have this type of boxing than the boxing of long ago. And that's kind of sort of how it is with wrestling. Like, pro wrestling's been a thing since, like, uh, the 1900s or whatever. Like, they used to do it at carnivals or or whatever the case was. And I I don't know. Like, it's just, it's not, it's, it's that took a lot, a lot longer for its evolution. But um so yeah like you have the WrestleMania era, era and that's um that's kind of when I got into it cuz I was just like old enough to like comprehend uh what was put in front of me. These yeah, these are the guys though. Like I, let me go on to a, a different train of thought real quick. Like I had mentioned earlier, I don't I don't like wrestling anymore. And I don't know it sucks cuz I I want to Cause I, I like all the stuff they've always done over like elimination chamber and uh, TLC matches and ambulance matches and inferno matches and hell in the cell and uh like the fucking Royal Rumble is like my favorite thing ever. So it's like you have all these things that you know I liked about wrestling and that that kept me watching, but it's it's the characters. And you just, I don't know, this this crop that they have right now, 
I, am I the only one that kind of drew a line in the sand and said, I'm sorry, this these guys just aren't, they aren't doing it for me. And I don't, I don't think I can, I can do it anymore. And it's not so much even the promotion's fault. Like it's not the WWE or AEW or TNA or the promoters aren't at fault. It's just the natural progression of things. Like I follow these guys in the '80s, and then they they're still working in the '90s. But they get to a certain point where they're like, my body's broken down, I'm old, I can't fucking do this anymore. And I don't I don't blame them or hate on them for it. Because even though I, I didn't do pro wrestling, I understand what what's going on. Because even though, you know, it's orchestrated or whatever, and you'll always have people saying it's fake, like, you know, the kid I mentioned at the beginning, it's still real to me, damn it. Well, it technically it really is. Because... Even though there's a lot that goes into it to try to make it safe for these guys, a lot more than it, it used to be, especially. Like, you can't even do pile drivers anymore. That's, like, been outlawed in a lot of different promotions. The The bumps are sometimes real, and they sometimes get injured, and they sometimes fuck their lives up. Because you look at a guy, you know, like Hulk Hogan. Um, He's had a lot of different injuries, and... He'll 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 talk about it with you, and a lot of wrestlers will kind of share that with you, because, like I said, it's even though it's orchestrated and it's it's planned or whatever, some of these bumps are fucking real, and if you just look at just some of the, like the even like the the simple, you think like those chops are like fucking soft or whatever. The only thing is these guys are these guys are tough, and that's why they can do pro wrestling, and that's why. Even though they take these bumps and they sometimes hurt or whatever, they just shrug it off. Because it's like, I can't fucking break character. That's the worst thing I can do as a pro wrestler. I might as well fucking quit and walk out that door if, I, you know, I can't take these bumps. That's kind of the mentality that's going through their mind. So, you know, when you see this stuff happen to them, you know, it's... Don't, like, discount it like it's it's bullshit or whatever. It, it sometimes fucking hurts. <laughs> And I don't need to be a pro wrestler to know that. And they're not just trying to sell me some sort of conspiracy where it's these wrestlers, oh, we got to keep up some sort of facade that we get hurt during these matches. So during interviews, we're going to we're gonna say that we get hurt even though we really don't. They fucking do get hurt. <laughs> so this is not some sort of bullshit. Like, But that's going back to what I was saying, though. That's what happens to these guys. Though. They get hurt. They do it for so many years, they can't fucking do it anymore. And that's why I understand, like, if a guy's, like, 50 and he's been wrestling for the past 25 years, I fucking get why he doesn't want to do it anymore. He just wants to show up to a show because it's, like, it's, like, fun for him and maybe Vince throws him a little bit of money or whatever. And, you know, he goes out there and he smacks the taste out of a fucking heel's mouth and he gets a big pop and everybody goes home happy. That wrestler that got smacked, even though he doesn't like getting smacked, he goes home happy because he got a paycheck and he got the reaction that he wanted to, you know, entrench himself more as a heel. That baby face, that 50-year-old legend or whatever, 
He he likes getting a pop from the crowd. He likes getting a little bit of money from Vince. So he goes home happy. The fans go home happy. Vince goes home happy. Everybody goes home happy. But again, that's all I can expect out of you know the guys from the past that I love. Like like the last Scott Hall is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Let's just throw that out there. Not so much Scott Hall, but Scott Hall and Razor Ramon and you know all the all the different gimmicks he's done. But he's he's mostly known as Scott Hall and Razor, of course. Last time I saw him out of the ring, I think was like WrestleMania a few years ago when I still liked wrestling, and he kind of showed up during that whole uh, Sting thing to uh, to cause interference or whatever. Um, I don't know why they. Sting should have fought Undertaker, but maybe that's a a discussion for a different podcast episode, a different day. But anyway, Scott Hall's my favorite, and all he did was interfere, though. Like he didn't really wrestle, or like he <laughs> he wasn't, you know, doing moves for like ten, fifteen minutes or whatever, and taking moves and giving moves and selling and you know, Outsider's Edge, Razor's Edge, whatever you want to, you know. Because uh, he's, he's an old guy, and he he's took a lot of lumps, and he's actually one of those guys where he'll say it himself. Like, he did some hard living in the 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 late 90s or, or whatever. So, you know, I can't... It's It's just, it's human at that point. I can't expect a guy that's been beat up for 25 years to fucking go out there and wrestle some more. And another one of my favorites, Hulk Hogan. Like, his last match is Hulk Hogan with, like, uh, Orton. Like, how many how many moves were given there? And I don't know. I just... And it, it actually surprises me when there are guys that are, like, in their 40s or 50s that, like I said, they've been wrestling for like 20, 25 years now, and they go out there, like Triple H. Triple H is, a, a, again, Triple H is another one of my favorites. He's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Like, he goes out there, and he, he fucking does it, and it just astounds me. Because that's a guy that's, you know, he's been doing it for so long, and he still goes out there, and he can still wrestle low, and he puts on a hell of a show. But all, not all wrestlers can do that. And it ev- it should even get to a point too, though, uh, for Triple H, where, you know, he might say, "Okay, I'm gonna wrestle again," and then he might get out there and be like, "Man, I, I can't do this anymore." Like, but then again, like I said, he has surprised me because he's getting up there in age. I think he's in his late 40s or maybe early 50s, and yeah, he's still doing it. But um. I do. I don't know how long that's gonna last either. Like he's uh, he's pretty into that administrative role, so I don't see how many more matches he's gonna really do in the future. But that's um, I guess that's what pro wrestling's real problem is with me, and it's it's not like that's anything they can fix or anything. It's just uh, a matter of these are the guys that they they gave to me, and I don't care for the gimmicks of the characters and that's why I don't really make a point of it to watch wrestling and like I said there was a time in my life where that was about third of uh, importance 
Because like I said, sports has always been number one with me. Um, Well, cartoons were <laughs> number one with me at a certain point. But then it became sports. Like uh, maybe at the the later single digits. It was like sports and cartoons and sitcoms or whatever and then wrestling. And then, um, don't get me wrong, cartoons are still a big part of uh, my viewing, but they were probably fourth. Because I, I, I love South Park. I love Old Simpsons. You know what wrestling's like, uh, The Simpsons? Um, the first, like, ten years are great. And then, you know, 20 years in, pretty good. And then, not so much. And then, um... That's kind of what it is, and that's why I I, I kind of I'm glad I brought up The Simpsons because like I said it kind of works well with pro wrestling, because my first ten years of pro wrestling like oh this is great and then you know another ten, yeah on there I'm like yeah this is this is still pretty good this is watchable and then you kind of start to hit the decline, and then yeah I don't remember the last time I I even watched it was probably like a year or two ago to be honest with you, and I tried again the AEW. And I still, I would like to kind of pursue that. Because I'm not expecting great things out of Sting, but Sting is still so great to me that uh, I could just watch him cut promos. Like, that wouldn't even bother me if he didn't do any wrestling. And he just fucking called out all these people, though, and didn't even wrestle them. (laughs) The only time I didn't like Sting was when he... Okay, it wasn't even not liking Sting. It was just that stupid fucking... He stole, like, the Joker's face paint or whatever for a little while. That was fucking stupid. But even so, that's not like to say I hated Sting. I just didn't care. I wish he kept the crow. The crow was the best face paint by far. And that's not even to say, you know, I liked all those years in WCW where he wore the colorful face paint, but when he switched to the crow, that was fucking incredible. It was good for him. It was good for Hogan. It was good for the NWO. It was good for WCW. Like, that was so... That little Crow story for one or two years was so important. And then, yeah, they fucked it up at Starcade or whatever. But still, that was so big. That really helped Hogan as a heel. It helped It helped Sting as a face. It just helped in so many levels. And like I said, they fucked up at Starcade. I know. I get it. But from when he switched to the Crow... Like, the whole way through to that point, that w- that was great. And then pretty much till he switched to the wolf pack, because then I was like, uh, yeah, I get this as wolf pack, but this is stupid. Like, Sting should have always been, like, independent, anti-hero type of guy that's sort of just, you know, for WCW just because, but not because he's actually really affiliated with trying to save them. It's more he hates Hogan and then WO, and that's why he's just, like, de facto WCW. But, uh, let's let's bring it back full circle. I don't like wrestling anymore, and I don't know how they can fix it for me, because even guys I do like, like Cena, or, or, like, Kevin Owens, or I think Ryback may have come back. I don't know. But the few guys that I did like, I just don't even see them, like, are they even really doing it anymore? It's like, is Cena, is Cena main eventing things? 
I feel like it's just like all these other guys that they started to try to introduce the main event like a few years ago that I just I didn't care for. And uh nothing personal, but I just I like uh like Seth Rollins and like Roman Reigns and like the Miz and uh Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Sheamus is all right, but like is Sheamus like I just don't even know. And, you know, that might have people say, well, then you should tune in. You should tune in, Mike Proud. Fucking find out, guy. Uh, I don't know. Because last time I did it, uh, there was nothing that really blew my balls away. Because, like I said, all these guys that I still liked just even a few years ago, I don't think they wrestle anymore. So what's the point of me even fucking tuning in? If I put it off long enough, they definitely won't be wrestling. So then I would be wasting my time if I tune in. Because... Again, Cena's another guy. Cena's been going since, like, the late 90s. How much more do I expect, expect him to wrestle? Right? I mean, that's what he, he started in the late 90s, early 2000s. If it's early 2000s, that's 20 years, right? I mean, it's it's unfair for me to expect more out of these guys, and that's why I don't, because they're, they're, they're people. Yes, they can they can take some bumps and hits and and whatever and they can run through walls but it gets to a point where they don't they can't do it anymore cuz I was that same guy in the army I could do you know the x amount of push-ups if somebody asked me how many sit-ups I did in my PT test I told them I fucking did them all I barely you know, I barely did a, a two-mile fast, but that's more than the fucking guy on Facebook saying he's going to punch the drill sergeant, and that's why I didn't join. So that was me, though, because I did whatever I could within the best of my ability, but I, you know, I also would run through a fucking wall or climb climb a fence or do whatever, the, whatever you wanted because I was younger and I could do it. If you put me in the Army now, no fucking way. <laughs> I would be a wreck. I don't know if I could ever get back to the, the, the points of the past. And that's, that is life. That is life, man. That's why you have these guys that they do the Army for 20 years and they get out and they're they're the VA every fucking week after because they, they gave all they could and they you don't have a limit in the Army. You might have a limit in pro wrestling because you can say, I'm not doing this anymore. My contract's up. I'm out of here. Happy trails, Vince. Can't do that in the army, though. Can't do that in the military. It doesn't work that way. If you're if you're in def, you gotta push through it. But whatever. This is not an army thing. This is not a even wrestling thing. Even though this is a wrestling episode, this is just the way the world works. I can't stress that enough. And that's why I'm not even shitting on pro wrestling because I loved it before, and I loved it for a long time. But it just gets to a point where the guys that made me love pro wrestling can't do it anymore. And that's why I don't watch it anymore. And I just had the lights flicker. So, yeah, things are still screwed up outside. <laughs> but um, I don't want to make this some sort of depressing episode either about pro, pro wrestling. Um, I just want to cover, you know, some of the things... That uh, that really did ke- keep me involved over the years, and of course, like I said, the first thing was uh, you know, Hulk, Andre, 
Pontiac Silverdome, 93,000. First man to pick him up, slam him down. It was the end of uh, Andre's career, and he's kind of passing the torch because he, you know, he picked Hogan. He's like, this this is going to be the next guy. So then Hogan had a lot of uh, interesting matches after that, though, and I guess that's why Hogan was one of my favorites because he just he always got a good guy. He drew a good guy to have a match with. Like there was uh, Randy Savage, and then the whole the Mega Powers drama and Ultimate Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter. And it's like all these guys I mentioned before. This is why I liked Hogan. But even I, if there's one bad thing I can say about Hogan is um, WrestleMania uh, 9. Because I think that was the last WrestleMania he was at. Where it was that whole thing with Yokozuna and Brett. And then, you know, Vincent and, and Hulk decided, hey, uh, I'm going to have the title at the end of the the day cuz uh that's what we think people want and um no it would have been a nice change of pace if it didn't go down that way so these are the characters that really got me interested though like i said there was hogan and then there was there was ultimate warrior andre of course million dollar man legion of doom the heart foundation like there was just so many good characters and like wrestlers back then the one thing that is burned into my memory uh, is when Shawn Michaels put Marty Jannetty through the window. And uh, <laughs> I was a seven-year-old boy. And this is... Okay, uh, before I even describe it, this is this is why even if I hate wrestling now, and I shouldn't say hate, but I just don't care for it now, I'm always going to be appreciative of the wrestling I did enjoy over the years and I'm always going to have fond memories and I'm always going to try to relive it. And, um, I'm going to give some shout outs later to, you know, some of the facilitators for that. But this is something, this is something I'm always going to remember no matter what I forget about wrestling is when, uh, there was like this, there was this thing where I read was like um, Michaels and uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, they were like this great tag team and they kind of never got put over the top in the WWF. They probably got their biggest paydays there though because they, they had left some uh, other promotions to, to be at the WWF. They had a short stint there in like 85 or 86, but uh, <laughs> they got fired because they were partying way too hard. So they got brought back, though, on, like, a promise, like, hey, you got to, it doesn't matter how hard you party, this is the 80s or whatever, but work on, you know, work on your in-ring stuff if you're going to party hard. So fast forward a little bit now to the 90s, and um, I guess Janetti had talked to WCW, and WCW said, oh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to pay you way more, we're going to, you know, we're going to make you our biggest tag team come over here. Shawn Michaels apparently also talked to WCW management, but he got a different thing where it was just like, you know, don't leave the, the WWF because it's you're getting the same deal with WCW, but so but then why why leave? Because you already kind of have a rapport with the boss at WWF. So um, they told Vince they were going to leave, and then they didn't because Michaels found out the truth. So then Vince said, hey, okay, uh, how about you guys break up? You're not going to be a tag team anymore. And uh, Jannetty didn't like that idea. 
And uh, I I hate to say this, but I, I feel it's because, you know, Michaels was carrying him and making him look good. Because you could just tell from, you know, very early on that Shawn Michaels was going to be special. And um, I forget who in the WWF was pushing them at the time of the breakup to say, well, yeah, he, I think it was Roddy Piper or somebody. He was saying, yeah, this guy is the future of uh, the sport or whatever. Long story short, um, kayfabe, you know, they're going to split up. They were going to do singles careers, both of these guys. Janetti ended up later working with uh, Al Snow before Al Snow was Al Snow. Uh, so I guess he was always just destined to be a tag team guy. He did the singles thing for a little while, but he not not nearly as successful as Shawn Michaels. Like, I don't think Janetti ever held any belt, like not the IC or anything. So, yeah, they have that breakup, though. And like I said, as a seven-year-old boy... Watching this, it, this thing is fucking burned into my skull. Like, I will never forget this moment. They have the, they have the fight, and uh, he super kicks him, and then he throws him through the fucking window, and then you see the the after effect. Like, he bladed, which at the time I had no concept of them doing. So they were really good uh, at selling these things. Um, and blading is actually very real, by the way. You, you take a knife and you cut yourself and you bleed all over the fucking place. Uh, so even though that's planned, that's still, I can't imagine that's pleasant. But, um, as a wrestler, you, you that's probably something you want to do though, because you really want to sell, you know, what just happened. And it's a, it's a good effect for the crowd. Um, but yeah, being a seven year old boy at the time, I, I really thought like he just... <laughs> he fucking gave him, you know, the once over or whatever. And I, you know, I didn't really watch all this violent stuff as a kid. But maybe I don't even just see a trailer or kind of like an edited version of a movie. So, like, I'd see this stuff on movies and, like, TV. And I I knew the difference then. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's an actor and that's fake and that's whatever. For some reason, I believe that what I was seeing between these two friends that, you know, fought all these battles alongside each other as a tag team, I totally believe, like, that was, like, the fucking, like, legitimate real deal. Like, that was, that just happened. Like, they, they're they not friends anymore. You fucking put them through a window. Like I said, that will be the one moment that will be burned into my head forever. And if there's going to be another moment, this is another one of my favorites. Um, WCW didn't have a lot of guys that I cared for. But I I did, I loved Razor Ramon, I loved Diesel. And this, again, this is the WWF having all these great guys. So, I mean, I would watch, I would watch Nitro, though, because I loved Hulk Hogan. I liked Lex Luger. The Giant, even though he wasn't a WWF guy till you know, later on, I I thought he was cool. I wish they actually kind of carried on the Andre angle a little bit more, like not giving him a French accent or anything crazy like they were initially doing, but just kind of playing up the thing like, uh, you know, Andre had a an American wife or girlfriend or whatever, however they want to spin it. Andre had this American girl, he got her pregnant, and I'm the son of Andre, and I. this is why I have an American accent, and I'm American. But, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't carry that storyline over so much. It was like, oh, he's the son of Andre, 
and now oh he's under the power of the 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 dungeon of doom and the the you know that whole uh that crew or whatever the the plan to end Hulkamania or whatever but um this is the thing though WCW poached a lot of these WWF guys and I would tune in the Nitro every so cuz like I said Randy Savage and and uh, all that they had a they had a lot of guy enough guys to to keep me interested but it was always the I always felt the better characters when the WWF especially like uh in the early 90s like I really didn't even really watch WCW cuz they had like Lex Luger and like Sting and like they didn't even have Ric Flair Ric Flair was WWF Anyways, though, so, you know, though, when when Diesel and Razor left and they became Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, that's when I was just like, oh, I got to watch how this goes. And now this is another thing that burned into my head, though. Bash of the Beach 96. Hulk Hogan shows up the day of. And this is is important because it was always, oh, this is going to be this third guy and there's going to be a new stable. They're going to be this heel stable, and they're going to try to infiltrate WCW. Greatest fucking storyline ever, by the way. Greatest. And greatest heel turn. That's two, that, two things right there with this this moment. Greatest heel turn, because even though I like that Michaels heel turn, and I said that's, you know, that's something that's going to live with me forever, this might also too. But greatest storyline, greatest heel turn. Hogan walks out, Bash of the Beach. Like I said, he gets there like... He's very before the match. They almost threw Sting out there and said Sting was going to be the leader of the these two new guys or whatever. Hogan gets out there. He clears the ring. You think he's going to, you know, fight off. He's going to hulk up and fight off Nash and Hall. Next thing you know, leg drop finishers to the macho man dying in the middle of the ring. <laughs> One, two, three, no contest. Um, Like I said, that's just the, that's the greatest heel turn ever. You come up with something better. You can't. You can't. So, but this is why I love wrestling, and I'm, I'm like, kind of depressed that I don't anymore. Because even though I mentioned all those matches earlier on the episode, like, these are the, you know, the matches that, you know, kept me watching wrestling. It's just, like, the characters were so, they're so important, too, because you still have these matches, but you don't have these characters anymore. You don't have Hulk Hogan. You don't have Scott Hall. You don't have Michaels. You don't even have Marty Jannetty. You don't you don't have these guys anymore. They're not doing this weekly and I get it though. I get it. <laughs> I'm not going to I don't want to beat this dead horse anymore. I don't want to fucking harp on this. The only harp I do is harp lager, damn it. And uh I heard Claire DeLune played on a harp and that was pretty magnificent. But that's the only the only two ways I get down with a harp. <laughs> And I don't want to harp on it anymore. Because I've already talked about, you know, wrestlers are still human beings at the end of the day. This is the this is the thing, though. They don't have these guys in the 90s anymore that made me want to watch. They don't. They don't have, they don't have these guys. But that, that memory, that memory of Michaels putting him through the window will always be with me. And it's going to, it's a tie with Bash of the Beach 96. When Hogan walks out there, and, you know, they almost gave it away a little bit. Like, whose side is he on? What What are you talking about? <laughs> Good impression of those two? I don't know. Um, They almost gave it away a little bit. But even, you know, 
watching that at the time, I didn't think anything. I didn't think, oh, you know, he's in a, he's the third man he's going to join, you, you know, Holland Nash or whatever. I didn't think of that at the time. And lo and behold, he did. And, uh, yeah, Hollywood Hogan, like, greatest heel turn ever. I can't think of, I can't think of really another, because even though that, that Michaels one was, that's pretty huge because you look at Michaels' career after that and, like, what he accomplished, and that was an important heel turn because he needed to go singles. He was dying to go singles, apparently, after that whole fuck-up with WCW negotiations. He almost went to WCW, by the way, in, um, I think, the late 90s. That would have been interesting to have Tony Schiavone be like, oh, what's what's he doing here? Because they were fucking always so famous for that one. The guy walks, uh, what's Scott Hall doing here? And what's Lex Luger doing here? And yeah, always that was always their big thing. Oh, what what's that guy doing here? I don't know. You fucking saw him in the locker room a few hours ago. <laughs> don't treat the fans like they're so fucking stupid with this. But um, yeah, I'm 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 glad I did this episode because uh, like I said, I just um, I love that. I loved. I loved NWO. Uh, I loved NWO, and I loved um, I loved a lot of that the, the WCW roster, and I loved WWF. Like in the mid nineties, late like the, like that whole the whole Monday Night War. Like that was so important, and it made wrestling so good. And it kind of still carried over though. Like even though WWF won, and they bought WCW, and ECW got sold, and it just, it was so, so good back then with all the guys. They actually had a glut of talent after that. Like, they just had so much talent that it was like they just released guys and said, we'll go to fucking, um, go to TNA and fight there or whatever. Because they just, they had a glut of talent. Like, there was so many guys. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I guess I'm gonna kind of end the episode here just saying I'm kind of sad, but it it is what it is. Um, Maybe one of you out there can convince me be like, you gotta check this guy out. This guy's entertaining and and such and such. I'll say this too though. I'm gonna give uh props because this is kind of my shout outs, uh, but I'm gonna give props before I give my my few shout outs. Give props to the, the female wrestlers, cause um, don't get me wrong, as a heterosexual male, I loved <laughs> a lot of the stuff that the female wrestlers were uh doing back then. Like you had you had Sable and Jacqueline and uh, Medusa and Gorgeous George, even though she had that strange name, uh, she was she was a fucking a slew banger, and uh, a lot of the the female wrestlers were like uh, they were all gorgeous, but um, oh I can't forget Trish Stratus either. They uh, nonetheless yeah they were all really good looking, um, some of them. You know, you could tell had training, others not so much. But regardless of uh, their ability, like, there wasn't a lot of push for that. It was just like, you know, you're not here to wrestle. You're you're just here to be sexy as fuck or whatever. That's why uh, I'm going to get props now because it's not, it's not like that anymore. Like, they actually, they have good female talent that's still sexy as hell, but they can also wrestle, and um, that's important for wrestling. I'd... I'd rather, I mean, valets have their place or whatever, and the sexiness has its place, but have some females that can actually wrestle, and they, they do now, thankfully. Because um, 
it it's it's just like it's good to see that because like I said, it used to you had these women that were talented at wrestling, but they never really wrestled. It was always just oh, go out there for fucking eye candy or whatever, and that's that's lame. If they if they have the ability, that's fucking lame to do that. And some of them did, because like I said, you you, you had the the Jacklins or uh, the you know the the Medusas of uh, the wrestling world at the time that could wrestle. So. I don't know. I just I, I'm glad to see it's happening now. And they even had a woman's belt before, but I'm, you know, I'm glad they. It's kind of like, you know, there's not just a handful that that are, that are kind of trained in it. It's like a lot of that that roster is. I don't think it's the way you know that it used to be. My my shout outs real quick are. I'm just gonna um give a shout out to the facilitators, uh, for the classic stuff because this is this is the wrestling that I consume now. It's I can't. I haven't. I haven't watched a whole lot of wrestling in the past, like five years or whatever. I can't remember the last time I really sat down and watched. It was like a year or two ago, maybe. But I watch the classic stuff all the time. So I'm gonna give a shout out to Brian Zane, because you know he has that um, that that classic pay per view review on YouTube, and uh, a couple more YouTubers. Uh, wrestling bios is another guy i i i like to watch uh the hell out of i'll watch all his stuff um he has he reviews uh the monday night wars which i appreciate that hell out of he uh he rips the the glacier promos because even though i like glacier he was a ripoff of uh of Sub-Zero, and his his promo was pretty fucking stupid and, and ridiculous and lame. But besides that, I did like Glacier, though. I thought he was he was kind of cool. Um, So, yeah, shout-out to the Wrestling Bios guy. Uh, another shout-out to WrestleMania. Um, he's very good at covering... Well, uh, what does he even call his segment now? He used to call it Behind the... <laughs> but uh, that's a, a trademark thing, so I might have to bleep that, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, anyways, though, um, yeah, he has that segment, though, and, uh, it, it's really good about, you know, shedding some light on, you know, some of the trouble with wrestling. Vice is doing something like that, too, but, uh, I haven't really caught more than just that Chris Benoit episode. But, uh, yeah, shout out to WrestleMania, and then my last shout out is actually to the two companies that, are still very the, the most prevalent promoters, I should say. WWE because they put a lot of their content on uh, YouTube, and yeah, they have that channel, and I can go see the classic stuff there. Um, I'm just not financially in a spot where I I should be doing that. <laughs> it's a good thing I don't smoke cigarettes. Let's just put it that way. I'm not like poor and eating fucking fish bones out of a trash can like that. That you know that poverty cliche. But I do, I do have to watch, you know, where my money goes and what I spend it on. That's why I'm not buying a pair of J's every fucking week. Uh, and I still never got that fucking uh cold air intake. And now that my car's over 100k, I don't know if I I ever will. I'll just maybe wait till the next one I buy. But um, <laughs> so yeah, WWE. Love, you know, always love that company. And even though they edit the YouTube stuff, I'm at least glad they put it out there because I, I consume the shit out of the old stuff. I watch hours and hours of the old stuff weekly, but you won't catch me watching the new stuff. And um, 
AEW is the other one I wanted to give a shout to because, you know, even though they, they're like the only new stuff I really will watch, but even uh, I can't remember the last time I watched that either. Uh, I just kind of saw a little thing where Sting came back, but that's about it. Like, I haven't really... I don't know what rivalries are going on or anything. And um, it's kind of a shame, like, because I just don't put it in the forefront of my brain to kind of give my support to them because they do have a lot of the guys I do like, like like Sting, for example. But, you know, they got Jericho because Jericho, I think, owns uh, most of the promotion. And uh, they got Matt Hardy, I think. And um, I guess Paul White just signed with them. So there's a lot of, like, guys that I would, you know, I would like to watch. Cody Rhodes especially. Like, Cody Rhodes is one of the better, younger talent. But I think he might have, he's might have been in so long now that, like, he's kind of put some years on. But regardless, um, you know, shout out to those five, though. So shout out to Brian Zane. Check him out on YouTube. Same goes for uh, Wrestling Bios and WrestleMania. And there's a lot of other good wrestling channels, too, but those are pretty much the ones I, f- I follow the most. And then, uh, yeah, shout-outs to the, the two big promotions, um, WWE and uh, AEW. Okay, this is the um, this is something I'm going to do from now on, and uh, I'm going to call this segment, uh, this is the end of the show, but uh, we're going to do this thing called Remember Three Things from now on. Because I was kind of on the fence about doing like a quote or a motto or or something. But I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do a quote every week. It may be relevant to the episode. It may not be. Whatever. I'm going to do that. Because uh, I'd like to think that, you know, people will get maybe at least a, a snippet, like a little nugget, a little uh, morsel of uh, wisdom from the PNR podcast. So, um, I'm hoping through remember three things they'll you know they'll listen to the quote or the the whatever the the line or whatever it is this kind this one's gonna actually be kind of long for the but I'm hoping that they can you know they listen to it and they they take from it what they can and if you can't this week hey I'll, I'll try better next week and um you know as always in the remember three things we're also gonna end with the uh, ALS and uh, Malcolm Butler but. Let me get this quote out of the way. I'm going to say the quote, and then I'm going to say who it's from, and then we're going to go from there. So I'm going to read this. Uh, I have okay reading skill, but uh, <laughs> I hope I don't get tripped up on anything. So here we go. <laughs> A little Slick Rick reference. What I'm going to do is go back home and see what's left for me, whether it will be in this ring, whether it will be out of this ring. I know that over the last several months, I've lost a lot of things, and one of them has been my smile. And I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to everybody else, but it means a lot to me. So I have to go back and fix myself and take care of myself. And I have to go back and I have to find my smile because somewhere along the line, I lost it. And I don't care, really. I don't care if it's unpopular. And I don't care if people want to make fun of me because I'm an emotional guy. But this is all I've ever wanted to do. And over the last year, I got to do it. And whether you like me or not, I just want to tell you that the last year was the most wonderful year of my life. And if I never do get to do do it again, it'll be okay because I got to live one full year as being the number one guy in this business. And it was the single greatest year of my life. 
and I have you to thank, and I have everybody here to thank, and it means a lot to me, and I'm going to go home now, okay? That is an infamous promo, and it's way longer than that. I just wanted to take, like, the last paragraph, but that's an infamous promo by uh, Shawn Michaels. And, um, you know, reading it, it just... I don't really connect a lot with um, a lot of promos because a lot of them are just to further the storyline. But, um, you know, like I said, take from it what you can, but this kind of spoke to me a little bit. I don't know. There's been times in my life where... It's just like I felt like I've lost my smile and I got to figure out how to get it back. And, um, you know, it happened a lot in the military. <laughs> and that's just maybe how the military goes. It can happen. I think it can happen to anybody at any time in, in their life. And I'm sure there'll be times in the future where, you know, bad things happen and I'll lose my smile and I'll have to look at the situation and be like, okay, I want to be happy again. Um, how am I going to achieve that? So that's why I can kind of relate with this this promo a lot because I feel like there's been times in my life where, you know, things have been going great and then something horrible happens and I lose my smile and I gotta I gotta sit just by myself and I have to do my best amount of thinking and I have to you know the brain has to percolate I have to be very pensive and I have to be like okay. How am I going to get back to a spot where I can at least at a minimum carry on? And then I also look at a second course of action where it's like, okay, besides that, how can I get to a spot where I can be happy again? And, you know, if you can't, if you can't relate, that's fine. But also it's just kind of strange if you can't, because like I, like I said, I feel like everybody has to just kind of, have a little bit of introspection and kind of reevaluate themselves from time to time. Cause who goes through life and nothing bad ever happens and they don't have to kind of do something like this. So with this, with this promo, like I said, it's kind of one of his more famous uh, things, but it's, it's just also important to me because a lot of these promos, they don't speak to me like this one did. Cause a lot of the promos are just like, Oh, this furthers the the kayfabe storyline. Let's you know, let's say it. It's not a guy that's just kind of being coming in the middle of the ring and just being honest with the the fans. Um, there's one other one that really comes to mind. I mean, there's a lot of these. There's not a lot of these shoots, but they they happen from time to time. That's what they call these interviews when they're really honest. They call them shoots. Um, I don't know if the pipe bomb was you know kayfabe or a genuine shoot or whatever. But um, that CM Punk pipe bomb where he sat at the top of the ramp and he just kind of talked about all the problems uh, that were going on in the WWE. And it really just, it was more of a critique on pro wrestling in general. But, you know, he was speaking to his promotion, essentially. That's only the kind of other time where it kind of stuck in my mind. Like, I'm like, whoa, this guy's being completely real. And um, I'd feel like a sap, you know... If this Michaels thing was, it's been a work all these years, but I feel like he was being very genuine. And that's why I don't, like, uh, this one really speaks volume to me, like, more than any other promo ever. Or really, it's really a shoot. It really is. Like, I I say promo because I'm just generalizing it, but it's a shoot because, like I said, I think he was being honest. So, yeah, that's that's what I kind of want to end this episode with. So this one actually is 
related to wrestling though, because it was by you know Shawn Michaels, one one of the best. If I have if I had to make a Rushmore, I I don't know who I'd pick as the fourth guy. It'd very well be Shawn Michaels, but I would definitely go with Scott Hall, and then um Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and then Triple H. Those are my three. I don't know who I'd pick for a fourth. I hope Triple H doesn't pedigree me for. <laughs> I picked one of his click buddies. <laughs> so, I don't know who I'd pick for a fourth. Maybe Michaels. Maybe Sting. I don't know. That's a that's something I'll think of uh, for a different day. We'll do an episode maybe where I do go into some specifics of wrestling. But that's uh that's the quote for this week's uh quote in the Remember Three Things segment that we're going to be doing from now on. And of course... Please donate to an ALS charity. ALSA.org. ALS.org. The ALS Association. I always recommend them. They have been the best when I did the research for who you should give money to. So give money to them. This wind is really whipping again. <laughs> oh, Boise. And uh, as always... Good night, Malcolm Butler, wherever you are.